You're listening to the Quince podcast. On the heels of an early exit from the 2021 T20 World Cup, the BCCI has announced a T20 squad for the New Zealand series starting 17 November, with the baton of captaincy now being passed to Rohit Sharma. Alongside as his deputy is KL Rahul and the new coach Rahul Dravid. But what has also been making many headlines is the induction of fresh faces in the squad as many senior players being put on rest, notably Virat Kohli, Jasprit Bumrah, Ravindra Jadeja and Hardik Pandya. The new squad includes freshers like Venkatesh Iyer, who made his mark in the 2021 IPL in Dubai, Avesh Khan and Harshal Patel. And one of the key reasons for these fresh faces in the squad is due to the exhaustion faced by the players who have been travelling for six months and living in bio-bubbles without adequate breaks in between. Fatigue is also reportedly one of the key factors which contributed towards India's losses at the T20 Cup. But with a new captain handling the team, a new coach managing the players and several new players in the squad, how will India fare in the upcoming T20 series? Will this reset of players work? And what can we make of the new squad? To discuss all this, joining me today is sports commentators and analysts Amrit Mathur and Chandresh Narayanam. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you. And I'm your host, Emmat. India's dive into the New Zealand series is certainly headstrong with the new captain-coach duo of Rohit Sharma and Rahul Dravid. Now, captaincy is not new to Rohit Sharma. Other than having led the Mumbai Indians to the IPL Trophy five times, Rohit Sharma has been one of the most successful batsmen in the sport, amassing over 9,000 runs in 227 ODIs and 3,047 runs from over 43 test matches. In a way, Rohit Sharma has always been in the wings to take the captain's mantle in the T20 format. But... What kind of a captain is he and how will he fare in taking the Indian team forward? We took this question to sports commentator and analyst Chandresh Narayanan. His style of leadership, Rohit Sharma's style of leadership is more consensual in the sense that he's uh, more a, a player's captain than uh, a, a captain uh, who is uh, willing to tell his boys that this is my way or highway. So in a way, he's not like, say, a Virat Kohli. He's different from Virat Kohli in that sense. So I think that uh, we need to look at him from that point of view. He's obviously not uh, uh, unknown to captaincy. He's been captain of Mumbai Indians for about eight, nine years now. He's done very well. He's won IPL five times. Uh, and uh, also whenever he's captain India, he's uh, had success. If you look back 2018, he won the uh, Nidahas Trophy in Sri Lanka in dramatic circumstances, thanks to his very good friend Dinesh Karthik's batting in the final over and then later that year in Dubai he won the Asia Cup beating uh, almost everybody except uh, Afghanistan we tied the game against Afghanistan so in a way he has the captaincy credentials for the shorter format uh, he has the experience he has the qualities but now starts the tough part for him because always for India he has been a stand-in captain so in a way he was always going to make way for the regular captain whenever he whenever he would come back. The difficult part is when you become a full-time captain and uh, you, uh, you start uh, getting scrutinized that much more for the results, 
that's when the difficulty starts because uh, how are you able to manage the uh, the whole situation how are you able to look through the whole situation that's the key part and uh, i think that's where is going to be very interesting for me same with the new head coach rahul dravid results at at the end of the day nothing matters more than results if you don't produce the results you may have all the qualities in the world doesn't matter for sports commentator amrit mathur rohit is the best man for the job and his past success with the mumbai indians confirms that his style of leadership works well he's been a for a long time with mumbai indians with mumbai so he's very experienced not only as a captain but also as a player he's been playing international cricket for 15 years so i think best man suited to take up the job once virat is left and uh, for what we gather in the ipl he believes in collective decision making he is a good listener he involves everybody in uh, discussion in team meetings so it's not that domineering dominant kind of a captain which we have seen some others so it's more democratic more participatory more inclusive so i think that's a good uh, way to captain and his success uh, confirms that his system works so i think uh, you know the right guy to be leading the indian side at the moment now coming to the squad as i stated earlier many new players have been promoted to the squad and a few seasoned players have also been retained like rohit sharma and kl rahul rishabh pant r ashwin and bhubneshwar kumar here is a list of the full squad rohit sharma kl rahul ruturaj gaikwad shreyas ayer surya kumar yadav rishabh pant ishan kishan venkatesh ayer yuzvendra chahal r ashwin aksar patel avesh khan bhubneshwar kumar deepak chahar ashul patel and mohammad siraj But one of the main key takeaways from the squad however could translate into a big problem for the Indian team. The squad is spoiled for choice in terms of opening batters but very few middle order batters. The top 5 batters also do not have any bowling aptitude which could lead to a problem on a difficult day. So how big a problem could this spell for India? According to Mr Narayanan it should not be a big problem since the batting order does not matter in T20 cricket since the goal is to score runs as quickly as possible. everybody wants to back up the order because it's easier to score runs in t20 cricket but i don't think that's a problem at all in t20 cricket unlike one day cricket or test cricket the batting order doesn't really matter uh, it's about how quickly you score runs how quickly you adjust to the condition and how quickly you get off the mark uh, it doesn't matter anybody can bat anywhere uh, there is no comfort zone available for anybody anytime any anywhere so in that sense it is uh, uh not really uh, that much of an issue in my my view because i think that the the the, the players players really uh need to be flexible in the in their approach mr narayanan adds that relying on top scoring batsmen also as bowlers is a mistake which india has continued to make he weighs in on how all round players like venkatesh ayer need to be developed instead of banking on batsmen as saviors for from time to time we've been looking looking at batsmen who can ball as some kind of saviors for indian cricket and uh, they have been quickly anointed anointed as the next kapil dev almost out of uh, uh, desperation by uh, by by people who follow indian cricket uh, dearly for the last 70 80 years now the thing is that the problem that india and the mistake that india has made over the last 4 5 years is to put all their all rounder eggs in one basket it was almost as if there it is a, there is a dictate that you can't have more than one seam bowling all rounder Uh, now that is that was a mistake, and I felt that they corrected that mistake to some extent when they named both Vijay Shankar and Hardik Pandya in the T20 in the 50 over World Cup squad in 2019. But somehow the 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 Indian think tank felt that uh, because they didn't win the semi-final in 2019, it was the fault of Vijay Shankar, and the fact that he got injured became convenient excuse for them to forget him completely. Then they looked towards Shivak Dubey when Hardik Pandya was unfit. 
Now, Shivam Dubey, you hardly saw him getting too many opportunities. You hardly saw him bowling more than an over or two here and there. And uh, he just uh, disappeared again. Now, this kind of attitude is not correct because here you're trying to encourage more and more batsmen to start bowling and then you don't look at giving them long-term uh, opportunities. It won't really help matters because uh, we don't really have that many batsmen who are willing to bowl. Again, you look at this side, there are lots of batsmen who can bat, but there are not many batsmen who can bowl. Uh, so you, what you get in, in the shorter format is a lopsided squad, which is not ideal. The four teams that have made it to the World Cup semi-final this time are the teams with multiple bowling options. And that's what India lacks. This team, it looks like they've got bowlers who can bat, like Harshal Patel and Deepak Chair and Bhumneshwar Kumar and Ashwin. We need to develop more and more of these kind of players and also players like Venkatesh Iyer. Now, Venkatesh Iyer is a good player, but we shouldn't look at him as a savior. He needs to be given opportunities. He needs to be left alone. And uh, there is nothing wrong if you, in the future, you may end up having Venkatesh Iyer, Shivam Dubey, Vijay Shankar, Hardik Pandya, all four in the squad. There is nothing wrong at all. There is no, there is no dictate, there is no rule of the ICC that you can't have four players who can ball seam up and bat. So I'm just throwing, throwing an option here. You can have two of the four, you can have three of the four. It doesn't really matter. What matters is that these players need to be given consistent opportunities. Apart from the new squad and Rohit's captaincy, what is stealing the headlines is player fatigue due to strict travel protocols amid the pandemic and the relentless transition between bio-bubbles. And this complaint by players is not new, with Virat Kohli, one of the fittest players in the sport at the age of 33, bringing up the issue during the 2020 IPL in UAE. Not only Kohli, but outgoing coach Ravi Shastri and Jaspeet Bhumra have taken note that players are exhausted from switching from one bubble to another without sufficient breaks in between tournaments. However, Mr. Narayanan contends that though fatigue from bio-bubbles is a genuine concern, it cannot always be blamed given that several players like Ishan Kishan, Surya Kumar Yadav and Bhuvneshwar Kumar have had several long breaks. I, I've written about this in detail on, on Quint. Uh, so basically, uh, Bumrah... Uh, the guys who play all three formats uh, have been rested, like uh, Jadeja, Kohli, uh, and uh, Shami, and Bumrah. Uh, uh, if you see in the last one year, Kohli has missed two months of cricket because of paternity leave. Jadeja and Shami missed close to four, five months of cricket because of injury. Umesh Yadav missed a lot of cricket because of injury. He's in the test squad. It took him at least about a year to play a test match again for India. So he was doing nothing over there except bowling in the nets. Bumrah had two months of holiday because of injury and marriage and all sorts of things. Uh, if you look at Rahul, for close to six months from the Australia Tour Test Series till the England Tour Test Series, he played nothing. He got injured midway through the Australia tour and had to come back. So he played nothing. So again, he's had a very long break of doing nothing, not even playing because of bio bubble and everything. There was no domestic cricket happening that he could go off and play. And uh, also Ashwin, he spent the entire English tour on the sidelines, the test tour. He played the World Test Championship. After that, he played one match for Surrey in English county cricket. And then again, he was spending a lot of time on the sidelines. Uh, close to about two months, he was on the sidelines. Uh, and if you look at some of the other players, Bhuvneshwar Kumar, after the Sri Lanka tour, 
he had a big break he played the ipl then he played t20 world cup again he had a break during the t20 world cup where he did play after the first match deepak chahar the same thing he played on the sri lanka tour then he when he got covid and then he missed the last part of the sri lanka tour again he didn't play anything for about couple of months lot of the guys in this team are guys who are not multi format players the multi format players are the ones who can complain about bio bubble and bio secure bubble and even in those multi format players there are guys who had massive breaks for 4 5 months and they are coming after that playing cricket and then they have got a break now so i think that the bio secure bubble uh, fatigue is an issue but uh, does it really apply to everybody i'm not so sure With Rohit Sharma now taking over as captain for the New Zealand squad, the debate on whether split captaincy will work for the Men in Blue is in question again. It has been tried out several times in the past, but it has never lasted in the long run. For example, after Dravid's resignation in 2007, Dhoni was appointed as the captain for T20 ODIs, while Anil Kumble wore the captain's hat in the Test cricket. However, Kumble retired in 2008. Similarly, when Dhoni retired from Test cricket in 2014, Kohli was appointed captaincy, while the former continued to lead white ball cricket for two more years till 2017. So, will a split captaincy work for Kohli and Sharma? According to Mr. Mathur, a split captaincy will work between the two and allow both the players to bear the responsibilities of captaincy, which extend beyond the field as well. Well, increasingly so. I think. Uh... Very difficult for a player A to play all four, all three formats, and even more difficult for him to be captaining all three formats, which Virat has been doing for such a long time. So we can actually understand, um, you know, when he says that he needs to manage his workload, that he's tired, that he's fatigued. It is perfectly understandable because captaincy, especially captaincy of the Indian team, requires much more work than say any other country. Uh, there are more commitments off field. Uh, for the captain, Indian team, then say the Australians or the West Indies captain, the expectation, the media requirements, uh, you know, just uh, the sponsor uh, commitment, etc. So it takes much more out of a captain in India than anywhere. And uh, I think he has uh, managed that workload very well all this while. And it's good that he has pretty experience like Rohit Sharma to take over some of the burden. And depending on how Rohit does as a captain, that could become the norm. And you could have a regular T20 captain or a 50-over captain. And Virat could get alone to, um, you know, manage the test team. Mr. Chandrish agrees and adds that these kind of decisions are not taken in isolation and have months of discussion supporting them before a decision is made. In the past, it has worked for India uh, because you had and it didn't last for more than a year. Uh, in other countries, it's lasted two, three years, four, five years. But in India, it has not lasted for more more than a year. In two thousand seven eight, when Kumble became the Test captain, uh, uh, it, uh, it it lasted for exactly a year because uh, he was pushing thirty eight, thirty nine. He got injured and then he had to retire. Uh, and Dhoni took over as captain in all three formats. Similarly, uh, in twenty fourteen, late twenty fourteen, uh, Kohli became India's Test captain, and then uh, for a couple of years, uh, Dhoni was there. but uh, as as the odi and t20 captain but i always felt that after the odi world cup in 2015 dhoni should have stepped down from the odi captaincy and let kohli take over as the odi captain so that it gives him four clear four clear years to plan for the 2019 world cup similarly 2017 he stepped down as india's uh, t20 and odi captain again i felt that he should have stepped down as t20 captain after the 2016 t20 world cup uh be that as it may i think that uh, uh, despite despite all that, that those things worked because 
Dhoni was not part of the test squad and Kumle was not part of the one day and T20 squad. So what it does is that it clear it creates one center of power for the respective format. So what is going to happen now is that there is no clarity on what Kohli is going to do with this T20 career. I have a feeling we may have seen the last of him in T20 cricket for India, uh, but they will never spell it out specifically uh, for various reasons. Uh, and uh, Rohit has just about started finding his feet in test cricket once again as an opener. So he becomes a regular in the test match format as well. So uh, Kohli may, may or may not play the T20 format, but Rohit will definitely play in the test match format. So uh, you might end up having multiple centers of power, but I'm just second guessing two individuals who are two adults, two mature adults who may get along well with themselves and who may have also had a chat about it months ago. Uh, and uh, we only come to know after a decision has been taken, but uh, such decisions are not taken in isolation. There are, there are months of discussions and uh, evaluations of the whole thing. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't see uh, that as a problem. India will be facing New Zealand in the home series starting 17 November, with the first match taking place in Jaipur. To catch more updates and analysis regarding the men in blue, head over to the Quinn's website. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website. And for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quince website and check out our other podcasts. 